Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sidebottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. Welcome to episode number 118 of the podcast with Adam Roy Davey. Now, I met Adam last year and we got talking um, at a conference in Tasmania and he was talking about, well, it was obviously for education, but then we started talking about other things we've been doing and um, I had no idea, but Adam is one of three people behind Dream Team Talk, which is an epic podcast and now the AFL endorsed it. It is all over Australia to do with fantasy football. Now, if you're not into fantasy football you don't know much about it today is going to be a great chat for you to get a little glimpse into it but also um, how Adam has turned his passion or just a hobby that he was doing with two mates they were just catching up they were just sharing they were having a few beers and a laugh and now it's turned into this massive nationwide podcast and people like thousands of listeners join into each week so talking about how he's taken that and turned it into a income um, and how other people can really pursue their dreams and find a hobby that they love and sometimes maybe turn into a career like Adam has. So guys, sit back. He also gives us three top tips for Supercoach this year that he thinks are sure things that will get you over the line. So um, there's so many little different takeaways that everybody will be able to get from today's episode. So sit back. Adam Roy Davey, here we go. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have Adam Roy Davey. How are you, superstar? Yeah, I'm great, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Now, it's been, uh, we were fortunate enough to catch up last year and uh, just, uh, we, we had lunch together, mate. We just sort of connected. I'm really excited to have you on the show, mate. Yeah, yeah, no, it's good to talk to you um, again. I think uh, watching you do your thing um, also connected with me big time, so it was good that we got to have some lunch together. Yeah, it was. Now, you are a teacher, mate, and I know that's uh, what you're doing today, but um, the one thing, obviously, teaching is a fantastic profession, but the one thing I really want to talk about is um, your, probably, I'm guessing it started off as a hobby, but now it's sort of just grown and grown and grown each year from everything I've seen and followed you and everything like that with um, Dream Team Talk, mate. Do you want to talk how that started? Did it start in 2014? Oh, God, mate. It's It started a long time ago. So realistically for us, it probably um, started just after we graduated from uni. So it was probably about oh, 2004. Um, the boys and I, when we all got jobs, we had a share house. At one stage, there was five of us that had just graduated and the um, – the house was, well, you can imagine what it was. <laughs> I can. <laughs> it was like pretty much uni students that had money now. So it was like um, living the dream there. But there was a group of three of us at that stage that um, we found ourselves ourself through footy season. We just wouldn't stop talking about our dream teams as it was back then. And uh, one night on the gas, I don't know, like you should be out trying to meet women or something. But for some, <laughs> this, one, this one Saturday... Um, we must have been sick of trying to do that. Probably gave up. So we, uh, <laughs> we've just gone. We should make a um, like a little footy show about our fantasy teams because we thought surely there's other people that you know are being as big a losers as we were at the time. And we um, we made this 
we were, I don't know, probably carting in and we made this awful cringeworthy footy show and put it up on um, on YouTube. And then over the course of the week, the hits went through the roof and people wanted more. So we um, we kept drinking and we kept filming and it, it's evolved into, um, yeah, something that's pretty massive and way bigger than we thought it would have. Mate, I love, I love that. And one of the best things for people listening is, uh, just by doing things, you never know where it'll go. So when you started out there, like for people that don't know about Dream Team, we're going to talk about that so they get a little bit of an idea. But um, do, were you guys like in the top 100? Did you have really good sides? Um, well, that's a funny thing. We were we were solid and we always have been um, solid. We've um, probably between us over the, you know, the course of however many years that's been, 14 or so, we've probably only finished – in the top hundred, probably once or twice um, between us. So we, we never really threatened the the main prize, but um, I don't know, I guess we've researched enough and um, managed to get the message across well enough that people still want to listen to what we've got to say. Mate, I, I, they definitely do. Episode 251 on your podcast going, and that's going strong. I know you're going all over Australia doing promotion. You're everywhere. Feels like every time on social media I see your beautiful face, mate. So um, <laughs> for people listening along, what is Dream Team? It's very similar for people around the world, like um, the, the English Premier League and uh, yep. Fantasy Footy for Gridiron, isn't it? Yep, yep. So those two are massive. So the Premier League league is huge and NBA, um, NFL, fantasy sports in America are, you know, next level massive. And that's obviously that's where we're hoping it continue. Like Australia usually ends up following the trends. Um, so it is to some extent, but, you know, once it reaches that explosion point, um, hopefully we're still riding it at that stage. But so fantasy football basically... Um, it's almost like a stock market game across all the fantasy games. So you're given a salary cap and you need to you spend that and then play it like the stock market. So if a player's playing well, they'll go up in value. If a player's in bad form, they'll go down in value. And obviously if they're injured, they'll accumulate no points for you and their value wouldn't change. So in fantasy football AFL, um, players accumulate points through kicks, marks, handballs, goals, all those types of things. So it's all about picking the next breakout player and, uh, you know, riding that value stock market style. There's also another style of game that's called draft, which is once again massive in the States and Premier League. And that's where it's run like um, just any form of draft. So you alternate picks um, and only one person in your league can own, for example, you know, a Brody Grundy. Um, Whereas in the classic style game, the salary style game, that's where you still go head-to-head with your mates, but you spend your money on who you want um, as long as you fit under that salary cap. Yeah, and I, mate, I, I used to be, uh, I think it must have been something we did when we finished uni. I, I remember my first year out, I, uh, now this is what I want to ask you, but I spent, like, as a first year out teacher, every private study I had or time I wasn't teaching, researching, and I had to actually stop doing it because it controlled my life. How how, do you, yeah. how many hours a week do you put into this? Well, we put in we put in a lot, but um, one thing that we try to do is um, help out people that were in your position that want to keep playing, and you've got too much respect in yourself and pride's on the line to 
um, you know, just put in a half-assed effort because you don't want your mates to, to flog you. So that's where we try to come in and, you know, if you listen to um, one hour of our podcast a week or if you, you know, just check on our um, articles, you should be able to still have a really good team with minimal effort because we know a lot of people like you that were like, no, nah, if I'm not putting in five hours a week, um, I'm getting flogged every week. So yeah. we've got to make sure you only need to put in, you know, even half hour a week and still have that respectable team. But um, it certainly takes us a lot of hours to, to do that. Man, that's, this is I, – I couldn't imagine the time you put into this. And obviously you're still teaching full-time. You've got a fair young family. Family, you're doing the podcast, you're doing the blog. How do you fit it all in, mate? Like, is there, do you have more than 24 hours in a day? <laughs> this is coming from you, mate. <laughs> things on the go at a time. <laughs> but um, there has been a couple of times it's been difficult, um, but you know, we're in a really good place now where we're so used to all of our requirements and we're pretty well structured that, um, you know, a day like today is actually pretty chilled out for me. So I've actually cut back to 0.8. So Monday is full dedication to our fantasy footy. Um, so uh, I won't really clock on till we'll start preparing our podcast tonight at um, five o'clock. We'll go live at six through City Park Radio in Launceston. So they allow us to use all their equipment and go live for them, and then we just record that, send it to the AFL, and it becomes the Traders' official AFL fantasy podcast. Wow. That's, mate, that's a, a very nice way of doing it. I know for all the technology and uh, things you have to do, the editing process is not something fun. So, um, mate, I see you've gone back in work to point eight. Um, yeah. But obviously in 2004 when you were just having a few beers and planning this, that mm. did what was the, the thought process? You just wanted to do something fun together and help other people. And, and I suppose second part of the question, how is it just – gone boom and now as I said you're running the podcast for the AFL you're all over Australia doing it you're the face of basically dream team uh, how's it all happened yeah it's a good question one thing you said back there about 2004 a key word you said was planning and one reason we had time is because there was no planning really it was shoot and go and we had a one-shot rule where there was no retake so what you saw was um what certainly what so didn't take us that much time back then and it was we were only running it out of our own website dreamteamtalk.com so we didn't have anyone to answer to or anything like that it's a bit of a later development it was probably 10 years in I reckon which it was pretty interesting times because we were delivering this product just through our own website we were writing articles for our own website um, and it was getting really big and it started to open a couple of eyes um, you know, big players um, through AFL and Herald Sun, Supercoach, things like that, they were trying to make their own um, product that pretty much replicated what we were doing, um, assuming that, you know, they'd be able to just surpass us instantly. And watching it happen and watching it fail over and over again, um, it got to the point where I think everyone just gave up and said, well, you know, they're still doing it. They're still getting more views than us, yada, yada, yada. It got to the point where they said, well, how about we work with you guys and you guys start doing it for us? And that's that's pretty much how it happened. So it wasn't that they came to us instantly. A lot of people saw it, tried to copy it, 
for one reason or another, it was no good. And, uh, yeah, we ended up getting the gig, and now we're, um, yeah, going pretty well. Oh, mate, I love that. And do you think, um, obviously, as you said, you started off real authentic. So do you think that authenticity and um, the brand you built from the start was, you know, better, and that's why people stuck with you, than just getting professionals in from the start? So all these, uh, the age, the health, and all these other places, do you think that's why people stuck with you because you built a brand? Yeah, well, um, that, that's definitely a massive part of it. So building that brand, um, there's certainly a lot of loyal people out there that still follow us, that followed us from day dot. Obviously, since we started working also um, so closely with like afl.com.au, we have to rein that in um, pretty oh. significantly <laughs> compared to what we used to do. Uh, our Thursday night shows used to be out of the house live um usually you know guy was pretty unprofessional it was like half a carton in just <laughs> hard, watching the teams drop live and if something didn't go your way it was uh there was certainly no language <laughs> restrictions and things like that so um one thing that we have managed to do though is maintain those old fans um despite you know them liking what it used to be but um the unique thing and i can't put my finger on the pulse as to why but so we maintain those, you know, those older fans that are in a demographic of, you know, 50, 60 years old, some of the people, but these young kids that are in um, high school, for some reason, still find a, a way to relate to us, despite the, you know, our age and whatever being well off each other. So there's something unique going on there that's in our favour, and I can't put my finger on what it is, but uh, we'll just keep milking it at this stage. Mate, well, it's obviously working for you. Now, obviously, you get to hang out with two of your best mates, um, and you've built something pretty special together. Um, how, how, how good's that? Yeah, it's unreal. It's it's actually living the dream um, when you talk about it like that. We went, I went through um, some uh, difficult times at home where uh, my wife was um, pretty ill and we had young boys. So um, a lot of restrictions on my life that I weren't used to were in play. Um, you know, I'm a very social person, used to love going out every chance that I could. Um, that all had to get cut back pretty hard but working it so that um still as part of my work i was able to catch up with two of my best mates like twice a week and still um have a social side to my life while i was working that that was pure gold and now that things are um back on track it's it's just bloody awesome really so we um we're forced to catch up with each other multiple times a week to, um, you know, produce our content, which is quite often done with a, you know, a vessel or two in hand still. <laughs> um, last year, uh, a draft league um, flew the three of us um, up to the Gold Coast mansion um, to be part of the live draft that they had each year and they had a little competition. The three winners got to choose, um, you know, one of us each to help them with their draft and it was just a huge, you know, weekend on the cans with guys. Like when that's part of your becomes part of your job, as much as I love teaching, like that's that's next level. Mate, that's that's incredible when you're getting flown around to do these exclusive <laughs> things. That's living the dream. So that's obviously a highlight. Is there any other sort of stories like that, mate, that just really you just sort of look around at your two other mates and just sort of pinch yourself like, how are we actually here? Yeah, well, when, when we do our live shows, I'm always like that. So um, 
we just said, I can't believe that we were even bold enough to say it, but we were like, let's let's go over to Western Australia, book out a pub and do a live show, see if anyone will buy tickets and come to it. And then when we got word that, um, you know, capacity, which we never thought would even would be an issue, um, capacity of 550 or something was sold out, uh, <laughs> we were like, what the hell? Like, that was a massive pinch yourself moment. And then when, uh, you know, we get down off stage and these guys just throwing um, pints at you <laughs> in exchange for a selfie, you're like, oh, what is going on? This is ridiculous. And such good people come to our shows as well. Like, they're just dead set legends that they're all in um, the same boat, same passion, and they just listen to us um, dribble crap and then have a beer with us. And it's, yeah, it's really good fun. A lot of people say to me, um, like on social media, because we, we're big on social and we really try to connect with people through that. But a few people have said to me in the past, like, oh, I'd really love to come to your live show, but um, I wouldn't know anyone there. And I always just say, you honestly walk out with 10 new mates because whoever you stand next to, it always just seems that um, they end up becoming, you know, really good connections for people because they're just all on the same page similar interests great blokes oh and i should say there's always about a percentage of um about a five percent um strike rate with <laughs> girls come as well <laughs> and uh yeah you'll always find a friend and have a good time at our live shows mate uh, and i know people will be listening here just going of course you can sell you can tell by the energy and passion in your voice mate now for people listening along what what advice because obviously I'm guessing you get asked, oh, how did you do it? How have you turned your hobby into uh, something that's, you know, generating income um, and, you know, it's getting bigger and bigger each year? What, what are the steps or what are some steps you'd recommend for other people that might have a hobby but they don't know how to monetize it or turn it into something that you have? Yeah, it's a really funny thing and it's, it's always so cliche. Like I remember... Um, as a high school student sitting there um, at assembly when they'd have a guest in that used to just say, you know, just whatever you'd like, just keep plugging away at it, something will happen. And then as a teacher, I used to watch the same success stories sort of come through and talk to the kids and with that common message of, you know, if you like it, just keep sticking with it, something will happen. And like at the risk of sounding like that, that's exactly what we did. But we never um, intended to make it as big as it's become we just initially um when people started to contact us with sponsorship um like uh you know beer companies have have always contacted us and said you know if you could just discreetly sink a couple of beers in the background of your video or blah 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 we'll send you a couple of cartons a week and we thought we'd made it um (laughs) when that was happening we couldn't believe it and then um just the more we've kept going the more interested we became in um, making it a product so it's like it's a bit different to your stereotypical story where people have a dream and want to really pursue something but we sort of we've done the the same path but really just as a little um i don't know fun thing to do with your mates on the side of um being pretty serious about our teaching jobs as well yeah, and do you think because um, people could see that you weren't just out there to try and make a buck or try and make money off people, you're generally trying to, as you say, save people like me five hours a week from scrolling different blogs and dream team chats and everything like that, do you think that's why people are like, bang, these guys are awesome? Um, it's uh, 
yeah, that really personal connection that we seem to have with people is um, that's that's definitely a huge part of it. So that's what I often surprises me at the live shows and things like that. Um, when someone will come up and talk to me, just how personal they are um, in terms of mateship, and I, I don't recognise everyone to start with, but you know, it's always someone that I've um, had a bit of a chat with on Twitter about who they should select or something like that. It obviously means enough to them that it has made that um, really strong connection. And then it's just like talking to my mates over and over and over for, you know, hours at the end of the night. Yeah, that's. I think that's awesome, and that's the beauty of what you're doing and helping other people. That people really do connect with you. So, mate, uh, like obviously, 2004 was a long time ago. So about 15 years ago now. So, where do you where do you see this going, Roy? Where what's the what's the view? Where's where's projection seeing? Or you just like keep riding the wave? Well, that's the thing. Um, we all have young families and stuff now. If we had have reached this point. Um, a little bit earlier, I reckon we would have um, taken a more aggressive pathway to see where we could take it. Um, but we sort of just ride it a little bit now, but we're also a little bit more savvy because we are older as well. So there's a couple of channels that we do want to tap into. So we'd like a, um, a talkback radio show is our ultimate at the moment, we think, um, well, we actually know that that would go bananas um, if it was through, you know, a, a channel that reaches big numbers throughout um, oh, the nation, but, you know, Melbourne especially. Yeah. A talk that radio show, because of the passion um, that people have that play it, um, it would just be a laugh a minute while also being, you know, really helpful as well. So that's one of our things that we're trying to make happen. And also, oh, I don't know how many years ago it was now, but we we went over to Melbourne for the week and we filmed a, a full-on pilot um, episode for Fox Footy. It was a really big production and it was really successful. We had a heap of volunteers um with us that uh, that helped out. A bloke called Dan was behind it all. He did a great job and he had like Howie um, co-hosting with us and Acker was on it and a heap of AFL players came on it. It was a really, really um, good product and it looked like that was going to go ahead. They started to talk about time slots and, and stuff like that. So that was going to be, well, huge. And then... Um, the, the stereotypical story that we'd sort of experienced over time, instead of employing us to do that, they tried to get a few ex-footy players and a couple of journos to basically replicate what we'd put together. And uh, it was it was a, a flop, really. The ratings were down. And you know how um, one thing you can't replicate is um, – mateship and the way mates like naturally throw things off each other because it it's literally just what you do when you are sitting around yep. the lounge room you can't replicate that and just because you and someone else played AFL you can't just put a topic in front of someone with a few statistics that you read off a teleprompter and then um, you know try to bag each other's team out you can't do it with any authenticity and the fans of the game see right through that. So as opposed to watching ex-AFL players with their 
you know, fake banter and reading of statistics. They prefer to watch just blokes like us that ride the wave of being good some weeks and strutting around like a peacock. And then <laughs> the next week you've been cut down by injuries and bad selections. And, um, you know, you're completely down in the dumps and copping it from your other two mates because you're, you know, were so up and about the week before. You just cannot script it. You can't replicate it. It's just you relating to what you and your mates do in the lounge room. And uh, so we hope that one day we get the chance to, you know, do that um, on TV again um, or, like I said, a radio show, live talk back with be massive, I reckon. Yeah, mate, I, I love that. I think that's awesome. And so the big, the big takeaways I've got from today is uh, number one is have a go, start something. And if you're doing anything with your mates, it's always. Um, I know there's a lot of statistics out there that people that work with their friends are happier and you can just tell that yours is so successful because of that and probably the biggest one Roy that you've done is you've just kept going you've kept pushing and rewards come when you put in the hard work it's like training it's like doing anything so great takeaways for listeners there from that now the one thing I'm sure people are listening going right I want I want three top picks what are your three top picks for value for money um, and probably ones that are uh, they could be young rookies, they could be second team players, they could be anything. What are your three top picks, Roy? I'm putting you on the spot here, mate, because it's probably hard to get three, but if listeners wanted three, what would they be? Yep, okay. Um, I'm going with Zach Merritt. Um, he, I picked him last year. He basically ruined my season in uh, <laughs> the first round. And, like, it wasn't his fault, but he got KO'd early in the second quarter, I think it was, Um and then coming back from that concussion, I've been watching that pretty closely since I've been so into my fantasy. Um, players just don't bounce back the next week after. No, they don't. They don't, uh, mate. And that's well, concussion. I think, I think that's the big thing with concussion. Ed. The the effects we're only just still starting to see them, but the effects yeah. are so dramatic. Yeah, a hundred percent. So he tried. He didn't have a week off. Um, so I kept him in my team and I watched him struggle with that. And then um, he was far more susceptible to oppositions tagging him as well because he wasn't 100%, so he couldn't break the tag. So he had a month of, you know, really poor scoring by his standards. And because the opening prices are affected by their average last year, he's about 17 um, points under price compared to what he did the two years previous to that. So Zach Merritt should be um, a walk-up into your midfield, and I'm, in fact, going to start him as my number one man there because I think he is so much value. And and as well with that, the, the Bombers will pick up like Shield, uh, yep. you know, and then Andy McGrath is going to roll through there, mate. I think they're looking really strong. So that's a great tip. Um, I think looking at a proven gun that probably going to bounce back with support as well. Love that, yep. mate. Get on, Zachy Merritt. Who else? Yep. In a similar vein, Dustin Martin, it's hard to um, say no to him. He's like 20 points under price, what he did um, in his Brownlow year, where they played him a lot more forward. So what my theory is here, um, they were a better team when he was playing predominantly mid. He was more dominant when he was playing predominantly mid. And the fact that they've got Lynch coming in, I think it should allow them to because of the other avenue to goal that Lynch will be, I think Dusty will hopefully get more time in the midfield. And he's um, he's priced at only 674, which when you compare that to someone like uh, Jack McRae, who's 890, cool. you're saving over 200,000 there and you're getting 
ultimate class in Dusty Martin, providing he does go back to the midfield, which I think he'll be in there enough. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And particularly now that Lynch is there, you know, Rewald will be pushing up. So he might even, when he does go rest down there anyway, he might get the third defender. So mate, that's just incredible value, that. So um, two great picks. What's your third, buddy? Third and final. Well, oh, third and final. You are really putting me on the oh, spot. No, sorry, mate. Okay, I'm going. This is my unique guy, and it's copying a heap of criticism. And it's not your super cheap guy, but he's still um, unbelievable value. And it is Taylor Adams. And I know why everyone is giving me heat about this, except I'm still really bullish on it. So my thing with Taylor Adams, um, they put him at halfback flank last year after having an amazing year the previous year in the midfielder where he was averaging like 115, which is like your uber elite type um, average. Then that across halfback flank, he he really wasn't himself. He wasn't impacting games as much. Um, did not look at home. And anyway, when Trelaw got injured, um, it gave them an excuse to put Adams back into the midfield where he was back to his best and Collingwood were a better team having him in the midfield. Now, the arguments here are he got those opportunities because Trelaw was out. Also, Dane Beams is coming in, so how can you justify picking Taylor Adams when Trelaw is back? and Beams is coming in. But I just think because his football is so significantly better in the midfield that I think he will be one of the main guys through there and it'll be your Pendlebury's pushed out, side bottoms pushed out. I'm talking wings and Pendles probably across half back. I think Taylor Adams will be um, one of the main guys in the middle and I think he's probably 15 points underpriced because of that. So... um, you can do one of either two things with that bit of information. Scoff at it and go, Roy, you've lost the plot, you idiot, which 50% of people are doing. The other 50% are going, yeah, very interesting. Adams is pretty good value and they're considering jumping on. So that's where I stand on it. That's my quick justification of it. But I reckon Adams is going to be awesome this year. Mate, I love that. And uh, I agree he's a true in and under ball winner. Yep. Um, and you don't do that on a back flank. So no. um, I reckon a Pendlebury has got a little bit more class and polish with that left foot would be better there. Um, and chuck him in the middle, mate, and get the ball out to them. So great 100%. tips. I really like that. Now, where can we find out more? You're on. You're all over socials. Where can we get to you, mate? Right. So I'm at um, Roy at. Um, oh, sorry, at Roy DT on Twitter. Um, and you can check us out, um, the fa- official AFL Fantasy um, Twitter account. Warney's in charge of that. He pumps out some good information. Also, you can check out dreamteamtalk.com um, and at DT Talk there with um, our Twitter handle. Plus, um, you know, afl.com.au. We've always got videos and articles rolling through there as well, as well as the um, official AFL Fantasy podcast with the traders. Make sure you get on and... Uh, have a listen to that. Mate, superstar. Now, guys, I'll have the links for those in the show notes. And go and check on there and, and uh, hit uh, hit Roy up with a tweet or a Instagram. I've got his Instagram handle in there as well, mate, because he's always providing quality and, as you can tell, passionate about what he does, mate. Thanks for your time today, Legend. I've really enjoyed the chat. Thanks, heaps, mate. So have I.